welcome to the podcast of Serbian-Canadian Sun Magazine, a program about Serbs and Serbian culture which is intended for people around the world. In this episode, we will speak about the two greatest scientists of Serbian descent that ever lived, Nikola Tesla and Mihailo Pupin. Our program today is led by Sun collaborator, action director Mladen Obradović and Kristina Bielic, musician and philologist. In this episode, we'll be talking about two American scientists of Serbian descent, Nikola Tesla and Mihailo Pupin, proverbial giants who changed the world with their contributions. Mladen and I will try to portray the world in which these two great men lived and worked, and all you have to do is sit back, perk up your ears, and enjoy the program. Nikola Tesla and Mihailo Pupin were both Serbs, both brilliant minds, and while they were contemporaries, they did not collaborate, nor were they friends. The path of learning and scientific research led both Tesla and Pupin to the United States of America, where they lived and worked in the field of science, which made them well known throughout the world. Their brilliant discoveries contributed to the progress of civilization. Tesla left for America in 1884, exactly 10 years after Pupin, who was already doing his doctoral studies in Berlin. Pupin arrived to America age 20 and Tesla age 28. Pupin went through many hardships in his first few years, significantly more than Tesla, who arrived to his new country with a written recommendation from the director of the Continental Edison Company in France, so he immediately got work with Edison's company in New York and became known and respected. Pupin, however, fought for his very survival by working as a manual laborer while concurrently learning languages. They had different professional and scientific challenges and successes, and for a long time shared no point of connection, pun intended. However, around 1899, when Tesla retreated to Colorado Springs and began his unusual experiments, the problem arose with Marconi over his radio transmission patent, and thus also began the conflict between the two countrymen. Pupin did not publicly support Tesla, and this caused the lasting animosity between the two scientists. Only on his deathbed, in 1935, did Pupin call Tesla and ask for forgiveness. The two geniuses of the same descent, yet so different in character and destiny, finally made their peace with one another. Today, many people call Nikola Tesla the man who invented the 20th century. Tesla is the only Serb whose name has been assigned to an international measuring unit. The Tesla is a derived unit of magnetic induction. Tesla is the author of over 300 patents, registered in 25 countries, of which 112 are in the field of electrical engineering. In 2003, in California, the popular and innovative electric car company Tesla was founded by researcher Elon Musk and named after the great Serbian inventor. Tesla was an inventor, electrical and mechanical engineer, and most famous for his invention of the alternating current electricity supply system. He discovered one of the ways of generating high-frequency currents, contributed significantly to the transmission and modulation of radio signals, and also worked in the field of X-rays. He was a key person behind the building of the hydroelectric generating plant at Niagara Falls. He spoke many languages. Serbian, English, German, Italian, French, Czech, Hungarian, Slovenian, and Latin. In spite of his immeasurable contribution to science, he died aged 87 in New York, virtually penniless, but not forgotten. Around 2,000 people attended Tesla's funeral. As per Tesla's wishes, after singing Schubert's Ave Maria, 
the choir sang the popular Serbian song Tamo Daleko, which was and still is a symbol of patriotism of Serbian soldiers after the breakthrough at the Salonika front during the First World War. There is a commemorative plaque at the New Yorker Hotel where Tesla lived for the last 10 years of his life, and the hotel's blog contains information about him as its most famous guest. The blog also mentions that Tesla probably chose to live at that hotel since it was the most technologically advanced building in the world at the time, with its very own giant underground power plant. Modular Home Editions Incorporated. Grow your home in three days. For a free estimate, call 416-759-4663 or visit www.modular.ca. Nikola Tesla was born a weak and sickly baby in the village of Smiljan in Lig. And so contrary to the tradition, he was baptized the day after his birth. At the time, the province of Lika was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire and is now part of the Republic of Croatia, which was formed in 1991. Lika, like its neighboring Kninska Krajina, was one of the territories populated majoritarily by Orthodox Serbs for centuries. His father was an Orthodox priest, but he was also a gifted writer and owned a large library. Nikola spent his childhood in his father's library, reading and learning languages. Nikola's mother was also a woman of many talents. She was very creative and made life in the village easier with her inventions. She made tools, converted useless objects to useful, she crocheted, spun threads and embroidered. In his book, My Inventions, Tesla said of his mother, she planted the seeds, raised the plants, and separated the fibers herself. It is believed that Nikola Tesla inherited his propensity towards invention from his mother. He attended school in his native village in Gospich and in Rakovac near Karlovac. Upon graduating, he suffered a serious bout of cholera, finally recovering after nine months. After this, he managed to convince his father to enroll him in the Polytechnic School in Graz, Austria, rather than studying for the priest. In Graz, he was one of the best students and got the highest grades in all exams. He read a great deal and knew Goethe's Faust by heart. However, after his first year, he lost his scholarship so he left his studies and took up gambling. He got his first job in Budapest at the Budapest Telephone Exchange. After that, he got a job in Paris as an engineer working for the Continental Edison Company, where he worked on the improvement of electrical systems, and later in Strasbourg, where he worked on the first induction motor. This is when his first patents also came to be. When Tesla arrived to the United States, with a recommendation from Paris, he was hired at the company of Thomas Edison, an already recognized scientist and inventor. After just one year working for Edison's company, Tesla's patents became quite profitable. However, Edison reneged on his promise and never paid Tesla what they had agreed upon. Tesla quit his job. In the years that followed, he made a series of very successful discoveries related to alternating current, X-rays, wireless fluorescent light bulbs, and wireless power transfer, in addition to filing his first patent in the field of polyphase systems and his work on magnetic fields. During his visits to Europe, he held sensational lectures at universities and looked up for sponsors for his further experiments. At that time, Tesla's mother was on her deathbed, so he went to Lika to say goodbye to her. Her passing affected him greatly, and Tesla subsequently fell ill. In the heyday of his career, from 1893 to 1895, Tesla experimented with high-frequency alternating current. At the World's Fair in Chicago, 
Tesla and George Westinghouse, the famous American engineer and entrepreneur, presented visitors with a system of alternating current by illuminating the whole exhibition. It was a historic event. A great fire in 1895 in Tesla's laboratory destroyed electric motors, electronic and mechanical oscillators, transformers, many original constructions, and the manuscript of his recently finished book, The Story of a Thousand and One Induction Motors. Evich Construction LTD is a specialized construction company for all types of construction and renovation works. Thanks to the many years of experience of our team of masters and the use of the highest quality materials, we're able to provide top quality services with affordable prices and strict compliance with deadlines. Call us at 416-769-1431 or visit our website www.evichconstruction.com. In the late 1880s, Tesla and Thomas Edison became great adversaries. This happened after Edison launched a direct current electricity distribution system, despite the existence of Tesla's much more efficient alternating current system. When word got out of the greater possibilities of an alternating current system, George Westinghouse offered Tesla a lucrative contract for licensing his patents, worth more than $1 million in today's value. Tesla was also receiving a monthly salary of $2,000 in Westinghouse Company. Edison and Westinghouse entered into a conflict which is popularly called the War of the Currents. Tesla was working for Westinghouse, and his greatest profit was from the licensing deal on his patents, which were constantly increasing in number, so Westinghouse was paying out Tesla hundreds of thousands of dollars on the basis of these licenses. By 1890, Tesla was already a millionaire and his wealth in today's dollars would equal around 25 million. However, the 20-year-long War of the Currents financially depleted both Thomas Edison and George Westinghouse. Edison survived the war thanks to the support and help of one of the wealthiest Americans of the time, J.P. Morgan. But Westinghouse was on the verge of bankruptcy and around $10 million in debt even though he came out the winner. He asked Tesla to temporarily forego his royalties so that the company could tide over this difficult period, promising to pay what he owed him if the company remained afloat. In response, Tesla did something totally unexpected. He ripped up the original contracts. He was grateful to Westinghouse for believing in him when nobody else did, and he released the company from the royalty payment clause. With one move, Tesla saved Westinghouse's company. In turn, he was eventually repaid what would be around $5.5 million today. That same year, in 1897, Tesla was conducting experiments which laid the foundations for research in the field of cosmic radiation. In his 40s, Tesla discovered wireless power transfer. He conducted his experiments with wireless telegraphs in Colorado Springs, where he had enough space for such experiments. During this period in Colorado Springs, Tesla declared recording radio signals of an extraterrestrial origin. The scientific community was not ready to welcome such discoveries at this time and rejected his claims. In 1900s, Tesla sold his laboratory in Colorado Springs in order to pay off his debt. However, the experiments he conducted in that laboratory served as the basis for his next project, building the facilities for wireless power transfer. In 2006, Tesla's laboratory in Colorado Springs served as the set for some scenes of the movie The Prestige. The role of Tesla was played by British singer, songwriter and actor David Bowie, and the film itself 
which was nominated for Oscars in the categories of Best Cinematography and Best Production Design, was directed by Christopher Nolan. In 2020, a new movie came out in which Tesla was played by Ethan Hawke. I watched The Prestige. David Bowie did an excellent job portraying Tesla and it was logical that a genius should play another genius. I really like the scene where Tesla talks about obsession, how one should have a limit and know when to stop. He immersed himself in his work to the utmost and it seemed like nothing else even existed for him. Even though he spent the last years of his life with few material means, Tesla was still receiving recognition. In 1917, he received the AIEE Edison Medal for his invention of the polyphase alternating current system. At the award ceremony, it was said that if all of Tesla's inventions were to stop working, industry would cease. Streetcars and trains would come to a halt. Cities would fall into darkness and factories would be defunct. The twist of fate is precisely that Tesla received a medal with the name of the man who was his angry adversary and who ultimately lost the battle. While Edison acquired the wealth, Tesla only got the recognition. Tesla died in poverty and in debt. In his eulogy, Mayor LaGuardia said of Tesla, he died in poverty, but he was one of the most useful and successful men who ever lived. His achievements were great and are becoming greater as time goes on. Eight American states, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Nevada, Minnesota, Arizona, and Indiana have declared Tesla's birthday a state celebration. On that day, among other things, all public buildings have to fly the state flag and teachers in all schools dedicate a class to him. Tesla's family and the Yugoslavian embassy fought with American officials for a long time to obtain documents and Tesla's personal items, which the FBI had confiscated upon his death. Finally, his nephew, Sava Kosanovic, managed to get a hold of some of his personal items, which are today displayed in the Nikola Tesla Museum in Belgrade. Tesla's ashes were transferred to Belgrade in July of 1957, and the urn containing them is also housed in the museum. In his private life, Tesla was a solitary bachelor, and even considered a strange person. Solitary people who are usually geniuses in what they do tend to attract the attention of people looking for sensationalism. Thus, these people attributed various characteristics to Tesla, invented stories about him, and associated him with mysticism. There were many exaggerations, of course. The fact remains that the famous scientist had many unusual habits and obsessions. The public was most interested in the women in Tesla's life. But even journalists, despite considerable efforts, never managed to discover any information regarding Tesla's emotional affairs. There is a story about when Sarah Bernard, the famous actress and great seductress, visited New York. Thomas Edison was interested in her, but Sarah was interested in Nikola Tesla. Accustomed to nobody ever turning down an invitation or opportunity to meet with her, she was unpleasantly surprised when Nikola Tesla told her that her presence would perturb him and take him away from his work so it would be better for them not to see each other. The great Serbian poet Laza Kostic was a longtime friend of Nikola Tesla. The poet had a great platonic love for Lenka Dunjerski, and in a desperate attempt to distance himself from the beautiful Lenka, with whom a chance at romance was hopeless due to their extended familial ties, at one point came to the idea of marrying her off to his friend, the then 39-year-old Nikola Tesla. Tesla was not interested and remained a bachelor his whole life. Tesla visited the Serbian capital of Belgrade only once, 
1892, and he was awarded the Order of Saint Saab. It was then that Tesla gave his famous welcome speech to the students and teachers of the Belgrade Higher School in what is today's rectorate building of the University of Belgrade, Say, As you can see in here, I remain the Serb across the sea where I'm doing research. It should be the same for you, and with your knowledge and work, you should raise the fame of Serbs in the world. Serbs in Canada, particularly in Niagara Falls, proudly mention the name of Nikola Tesla and are largely responsible for the fact that Canadians today know much more about this great scientist and inventor. In Niagara Falls, July 10th, Tesla's birthday, is celebrated as Nikola Tesla Day. A large boulevard in Hamilton bears his name. Near the location of one of Nikola Tesla's greatest inventions, beside Niagara Falls, a statue was erected on the 150th birthday of this great Serbian-American scientist. Both Serbian and Canadian officials attended the unveiling of the life-size bronze statue. On that occasion, it was said that, with his inventions of alternating current and a great number of other discoveries, Nikola Tesla built the foundations of a modern technological society and world. Nikola Tesla has left behind an eternal monument to his name, to Niagara Falls, to our homeland, Canada, and to the whole world when the first generator was activated. And only three years later, the first electric power transmission was carried out from Niagara to Buffalo. The rest is history. Every year, thousands of visitors to Niagara Falls pass by the statue that Canadian Serbs erected for their great fellow countrymen. The figure of the tall and slightly hunched over man, whose gaze is focused on the waterfall, holds his hat in his left hand and a walking stick in his right. The pedestal of the monument is in the shape of a motor. The story goes that Tesla, walking around a park in Budapest, suddenly stopped and started drawing a sketch in the sand with his walking stick. A sketch of an induction motor. Canadian sculptor Les Drysdale immortalized the moment by placing the life-size figure of Tesla facing the waterfall while drawing the sketch with his stick. The whole monument is placed on a pedestal, which is a segment of the induction motor. Another statue of Tesla, identical to the one that stands in front of the Faculty of Electrical Engineering in Belgrade, is located in the beautiful Niagara Falls State Park in America. Subscribe for print or digital editions of Sun Magazine. With your subscription, you will help promote Serbian ethnic identity, culture, and traditions, as well as help develop new podcast content for our Canadian public and other listeners worldwide. Now let's talk about Mihailo Pupin. He was a Serbian-American scientist, inventor, professor at Columbia University, recipient of the Yugoslavian Order of the White Eagle, first class, and honorary consul of Serbia in the US. He was also one of the founders and longtime president of the Federation of United Serbs in America. In 1924, he received the Pulitzer Prize for his autobiographical work from immigrant to inventor. Pupin was born in 1854 in the village of Idvor in Banat, which was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire at the time. He enrolled in high school in Panchovo, but because of his activity in the Serbian youth movement, which was constantly coming into conflict with Austrian authorities, he had to leave town and went to Prague in 1872. After his father's unexpected death, at the age of 20, Pupin decided to leave his studies in Prague due to financial problems and emigrate to America. Pupin landed in his new country with literally five cents in his pocket. 
For the next five years, Pupin worked as a manual laborer, concurrently learning English, Greek, and Latin. After three years of evening classes, he enrolled in Columbia College in New York and graduated with honors in 1883, with great achievements in mathematics and physics. He went back to Europe, first to Great Britain, where he received a scholarship to Cambridge to study mathematics and physics. After Cambridge, Pupin continued his studies in experimental physics at the University of Berlin, where he wrote his doctoral dissertation on the topic of physical chemistry. In 1888, Pupin married the American woman Sarah Catherine Jackson from New York, with whom he had a daughter, Barbara. He worked as a lecturer and later as a full-time professor at Columbia University in New York for 40 years. When Pupin left his native Edvor to go study in Panchovo, where his teachers instilled a love for natural sciences in the young Mihailo, it was the first time he had heard of Benjamin Franklin and his discoveries. Franklin was best known for his experiments with kites, which showed the connection between electricity, lightning, and thunder, thereby inventing lightning rods as early as 1746. Pupin spent his first summer vacation in his village, where he could hardly wait to tell his father and his friends about all the new things he had learned. However, his father glaringly interrupted him by asking what kind of heresy he was uttering. Had he forgotten that he himself had taught him that thunder was due to the rumbling of St. Elijah's carriage as he drove across the heavens? And did that American fellow Franklin not have anything better to do than fly kites? On the opening pages of his autobiographical work From Immigrant to Inventor, Pupin wrote, No other nationality except the Serb has ever lived in Idvor. The inhabitants of Idvor were always peasants. Most of them were illiterate in my boyhood days. My father and mother could neither read nor write. The question arises now. What could a penniless boy of 15, born and bred under such conditions, bring to America, which under any conceivable immigration laws entitled him to land? But I was confident that I was so desirable an acquisition to America that I should be allowed to land. And I was somewhat surprised that people made no fuss over me when I landed. It is true that the young Mihailo brought a treasure to America, which for all time will mark him as a Serbian-American physicist and philanthropist. When an important anniversary was celebrated in 2015, 100 years since Mihailo Pupin registered his seven patents, which marked the birth of the field of telecommunications, as well as 80 years since his death, UNESCO decided to designate that year as the year of Mihailo Pupin. On that occasion, a large interactive exhibition dedicated to Mihailo Pupin was installed in the Historical Museum of Serbia. The exhibition covered Pupin's activities in the field of science, his professorial work, his founding and improvement of the biggest scientific institution in America, his patriotic and political contributions, his many philanthropic deeds, his patronage of the arts, as well as his literary works. Pupin's greatest artistic legacy was also exhibited, his personal library. In terms of his inventive contributions, Mihailo Pupin is best known for his patent under the name Pupin Coils. Of 35 very valuable patents, which he filed for between 1893 and 1934, the most famous is definitely the method of increasing the inductance with the help of special telecommunication coils. The process of inserting them is called pupinization, and it boils down to inserting Pupin coils at certain telephone lines at certain distances. With this discovery, Pupin managed to solve the problem of wire-based telegraph and telephone communication over large distances as far back as 1900. 
He also improved X-radiation and his method is still applied in medicine today. He discovered the basic principle behind the efficient use of telecommunication connections, so-called frequency division multiplexing, and thus opened previously unimaginable possibilities for the development and expansion of telecommunications. Two more extremely significant contributions to the development of telecommunications and electronics were the inventions of the famous Serbian scientist. Two of three systemic components used in every electronic device, the amplifier, the oscillator, the rectifier, were patented by Mikhailo Pupin. Pupin's students and collaborators spoke of him as an extraordinary professor, as a source of inspiration for all who worked with him. They spoke of their admiration and devotion to this unpretentious man who always enthusiastically passed on knowledge and selflessly shared it with his colleagues. Subscribe for print or digital editions of Sun Magazine. With your subscription, you will help promote Serbian ethnic identity, culture, and traditions, as well as help develop new podcast content for our Canadian public and other listeners worldwide. In terms of Pupin's patriotic contributions, his list of merit is long. He helped the Serbian people politically, culturally, and philanthropically. Today, he could be called the greatest lobbyist that the Serbs ever had. He used his strong scientific credibility, wealth, and influence to devote himself to the challenges facing the Serbian people. From the annexation of Bosnia and Herzegovina, to the Balkan Wars, up until the First World War period. He participated in organizing Serbian immigrants, Serbian churches in America, and in collecting humanitarian aid. He organized Serbian publications, held conferences, wrote polemics in print media, and held talks in Serbian communities around America. The need to unite and strengthen the Serbian diaspora in America was one of Pupin's most difficult tasks. In 1908, in New York, the Central Committee of the Serbian National Defense was founded, with Pupin as its president. In 1909, he founded the Federation of United Serbs, Sloga. In 1911, the Serbian House was opened in New York, which became the seat of all of Pupin's patriotic activities. He organized and financed the publication of Srpski Dnevnik as the newspaper of Slog. Also in 1911, he became the honorary consul of the Kingdom of Serbia and America. For this function, he did not receive any pay and assumed the cost of running the office in New York. In 1914, he founded the Serbian National Defense Council of America. With the help of this important organization and Mikhailo Pupin, many American Serb volunteers went to fight at the Salonika Front. For decades, Mikhailo Pupin devotedly and dedicatedly supported students, artists, scientists, high schools, universities, the National Museum, the Serbian Church, many societies and organizations, and his native Idvor. With his support, many significant monographs and books were printed, and many archaeological digs and antiquity research were financed. He organized the Circle of Serbian Sisters and he was active in founding the Serbian Child Welfare Association of America for children who had become war orphans. In 1928, he founded an endowment named the Mihailo Pupin Foundation. Mihailo Pupin once said, We, Serbs who live abroad and who have managed to draw the attention of the world to us, should speak about our people wherever we get the chance. Whoever is proud of his village, family and people is on the right path 
to getting the whole world to be proud of you. For nothing is greater than a man's love for all that makes up his people. Today, a museum complex dedicated to this great scientist and patriot is located in his hometown of Idvor. The house in which he was born is part of the museum setup, and the museum itself is housed inside a school built in 1843. Also located in Idvor are the National House of Mihailo Pupin, an endowment he left to his fellow townspeople and which was supposed to become a university, but was a house of culture until 1979, at which point it acquired its current appearance. You are listening to the podcast of Canadian Serbian Sun magazine, in which Christina and I acquainted you more intimately with the stories of the two greatest Serbian scientists, Tesla and Pupin. Join us for a future episode where Sun's editorial team, as well as the two of us, will continue to introduce you to Serbia and the traditions and culture of the Serbian people. Until next time, greetings from the editorial staff at Sun magazine. The creation of this podcast was financially supported by the Canadian government.